Good evening, everyone. I know now it's evening because this is the 15th of March. It's the Ides of March. Beware the Ides of March. This Ides of March, in the year of COVID 2021, we have the government just about to debate. Are they debating? I don't know. Try and push through one of the most uh, distressing and disturbing bills that even these wonderful people in all their craziness could come up with. So, as this is going out, there's probably large gatherings. I would be surprised if there's not. All over London, all over, all over the country. Um, in a week where, unfortunately, um, people trying to even hold a vigil on Clapham Common, uh, women trying to hold a vigil on Clapham Common uh, against the violence of not only men, but of unfortunately a police officer that was involved in the abduction and murder of one very, very unfortunate human being. So, in a week when we would offer our condolences to the families and anyone that's been involved in street violence across the piece, for every, every day that it happens, it's an incredibly uh, disturbing scenario. But the greater, bigger, picture of, of having this bill that's going to go through Parliament or to try to go through Parliament is potentially going to, I don't know, I think it, it, will, it, will, be, it will foreshadow the uh, time of great civil unrest in this country. And on the word civil unrest, ladies and gentlemen, our special guest this evening to talk about the world of young people and our future with some more optimism. He's a great fellow. Lots of young people who would, have, would, have, would know this, who are not so young now, will know this gentleman. And uh, we've had the good, good fortune to do a few projects with him over the years. Ladies and gentlemen, Shay Stu. How are you doing, Shay? I am well. You're looking well. Thank you. You're looking cool. Yeah? You're looking wise. What's going on, bro? Tell me what's going on, yeah? What's going on? Well, the thing is, things are good. Yeah. We're living in a pandemic of madness, but things are good. Um, I cannot complain on a personal level. Um, I cannot complain on a working level. Uh, things, things are much better than one would imagine, being the, uh, the past year and all. Mm. And um, yeah, just listening to everything at the moment, whether it be the news, whether it be work-related, whether it be anything, and uh, one thing that's abundantly clear is that there is a lot of uh, unrest in the world as we know it. Mm. And there's a lot of work to do to bring back the life that everyone had before. Well, I'd say maybe with a few adjustments. I've, ta I've talked to you about our, um, our hope to do this uh, Unlock Reset Festival on the 21st of June. So what? Is the work that you're doing? What what are, what are you actually doing? Because you used to work. Who did you? The, the, the youth service full full time. I worked for uh, Wiltshire Council Youth Service for a long time. The Bridge Centre in Chippenham was effectively my second home, mm. um, and I it really was a second home. I had a uh, a genuine passion for all the things that I did, especially out on the streets working with young people. Mm. Um, and making magic happen where it usually wouldn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that, that to me is what my life was back then, 100%. Yeah. I'm lucky to say that I also have that now. 
and uh, I'm just doing it on a, uh, a broader scale in a bigger place. Yeah, so tell, tell us about that. So what's the, what's, the, what's the project that you're working on now? So I work uh, for Young Bristol. In, obviously, the company's in Bristol, yeah. if you didn't know. Um, basically, my job <laughs> is to uh, run a mobile provision in and around Bristol, which is, on the surface, sounds almost generic until you see the thing that I actually manage. Mm. So the mobile is a fixed purpose, built for purpose vehicle that can accommodate all types of youth and community work in its grandest uh, form, if you like. So the mobile was created um, back in 2018, I believe, and it was put together by Young Bristol with an awful lot of fundraising, an awful lot of work, and it literally is a purpose-built lorry for young people. Yeah. And it's fully kitted out with kitchens, sports equipment, um, obviously Playstations, because young people love Playstations, I'm not trying to promote. Um, <laughs> sponsored by anyone, are you? Yeah, sponsored by Playstation. Uh, I hope not. Yes, yes, definitely not. But yeah, basically the mobile is a fixed provision, but on wheels. So yeah. we effectively can go into any area yeah. and we can produce good quality youth and community work. Um, we can provide so many different things in relation to skills. You know, we've got open access youth work, which is always lots of fun. Mm. We work in an area currently called Bishop Sutton, which is just outside of Bristol. And, you know, some sessions we can have like 45 young people. Mm. And those sessions are absolutely wild and wonderful. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we have a broad range of young people between the ages of 8 and 19. The sessions are always uh, young people led. You know, we don't, we don't have a fixed structure per se. We kind of rock up, we kind of like say hello to everyone and we kind of do, do whatever. Mm. If someone says, right, we're going to roll with some sport, that's what we do. Yeah, yeah. So we're totally, totally open access, but we have the ability to go anywhere. And if it's absolutely hammering down the rain, we have a great big inflatable, the same as we've got canopies and all sorts that come off the actual mobile. Yeah. So we can be there any time of year, any weather, wow. and we can produce. That's amazing. Yeah, the, the, I remember back in the day there was the Octobus over in Swindon that you did a similar thing. Big double-decker bus mm. yep. had, had um, all sorts of facilities it, it, and it did that. It went to different areas. And I think those things are amazing. I was thinking what happens when it rains, what happens when it colds, and what happens during COVID? How, how did that work during COVID? Well, I'll start with the weather scenario. Yeah. So basically, the mobile itself has got its own um, electrical system. Yeah. So it's got electrical system, but we've, it's got its own heating system as well. Yeah. So it, it could be minus 10 outside, and we can have 10, 15 young people on board. Yeah. Everyone's warm, safe, yeah, yeah. and happy. Yeah. Uh, which is the total idea of the provision full stop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we can operate and deliver anything, but we also have been pushing the mobile into different avenues of work. So we've worked at Oasis Academy in Bristol, yeah. um, where we've done work with year 11s. Uh, the whole idea is if there's any young people that have kind of um, you know, missed out on some of their work or anything else, we can go in and we can work with those young people. Yeah and you know get their GC, GCSEs Brilliant. up. That's superb. So we're, we're totally multifunctional um, and also the community element of that 
it gives people a peace of mind to know that their area has got work. Yeah. You know, they've got youth and community workers operating. So where an area would not usually have anything, yeah. they now do. So, so are there, is it like Chippenham or Wiltshire, where they don't have any buildings anymore that for, for youth service? So YB have got youth centres of their own. Oh, they have physical buildings yes. as well. So Young Bristol have their own youth centres, yeah. but they have a full outdoor programme as well. Um, and I am the mobile element of that. So YB effectively has a full spread of operational youth and community work. Because I was going to say, would you then suggest that as the model to Wiltshire, would you say it's okay to get rid of all your buildings like the Bridge Centre and just have a mobile thing? Or do you think that you need to have... What, what's your thoughts it's, on that? It's a very, very good question. One that is, is probably been... Um, question probably for the last eight years since uh, the well six years whatever it's been now since the youth services um had their dissolution if you like but was that the same in bristol did they have the, was it the same sort of idea that you get so get across across the board ed um youth services were cut dramatically to the point where many many service buildings could not be used mm. so it's been the same kind of all over the place but wiltshire is especially north side of Wiltshire has got a large um, rural capacity of um, people that in itself would warrant having something like the mobile yeah because then you can oh yeah, yeah I'm not expecting there to be yeah I, I get you saying so you, you'd still have both but you'd, you, you'd recommend having both I, I would recommend always having both because you can always maximise the service yeah. for young people yeah so what was the consultation that led in in Wiltshire, because you were you working for the youth service? So I, see, I remember a consultation at the Bridge Centre, and a mother nearly crying in you, in particularly in reference to you and your youth work that you'd done with her daughter. That was the that was the consultation about whether the, the youth service should be kept, etc., etc. What was your understanding of how that played out? It's a very very interesting one. For many families around this area in Chippenham. When the youth service went, it was quite a big hit, um, mm, and it, it it wasn't just felt by you know youth workers on the ground. It was felt by many other people, and the impact of that <sighs> created a ripple that I don't think has ever gone. Mm. And I think that when when a youth provision disappears, yeah. it creates an abundance of potential issues yeah so i remember conversations back then saying this is going to create some real issue there's going to be a real social divide even more than yeah. what the you know than what there was so we, we between all of us yeah. we were trying to um bridge the gaps you know where, where there was nothing for young people we were trying to bridge that yeah pardon the pun the bridge was was that place yeah well, and yeah. so we used to use it more than youth service so we we know and, and there's other uh, jenny budgel on the other day again there's so, uh, there's mothers and toddlers there's all sorts of community groups that are we're, we're, we're orientated mainly around children and it seems that that's the very thing that's been not that's been taken away not just in chippenham but, in, but across the field. So, what was what was your understanding of that then? When you because you were working, you you made redundant. I you like I I was personally made redundant along with I don't know what the actual percentage was, 
but there was a large yeah. percentage, a very large, across the whole service that was, uh, was, was let go. And there was a very long-winded yearly process for that. Yeah. So, you know, we tried to fight, we tried to kind of fight all the corners. We tried to get, you know, people in the public to kind of vocalise how they felt. Yeah. about service, yeah. about how they, um, almost how they interpreted the service. Yeah. Because that's, that's the extent that we felt we needed to go to yeah. in order to kind of prove the point. The greatest irony was we fought and fought and fought, but effectively we were fighting a losing battle. Yeah. So it, it, it all boils down to money. Everything boils down to money, unfortunately, in the world of, well, many things. And um, boils down to no. I don't think it boils. Money's an imaginary thing. Absolutely. I think it. I think, it, I think it's, it boils down to what you want to prioritise because it was bizarre, wasn't it? Couldn't have a youth service in Wiltshire. Couldn't have a youth service in Wiltshire. Apparently, mm. even though the consultations from the consultations that you were at, did you believe that the people at those consultations said, "Yeah, get rid of the youth service"? I what was your what was your opinion? Because I've been at one and two, in fact. What was your opinion? Do you think that people were going, yeah, let's get rid of the youth service, let's knock all the buildings down? Was that your understanding? No, I I think that anyone and everyone that we on the ground were speaking to, yeah, did not want the youth service to go. Right. Many people did not understand. Yeah. Uh, it's the same with all youth work. Many people don't understand the concept of it. Many people just box it and think it's um, someone in a local hall doing this or doing that. It, it's not. The, the work that kind of we did across the board was all about the people we served out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, that, that's what drove us. Yeah. And any good youth and community worker or anyone that's got a passion for working with young people, yeah. it's... it's it's second to none. You do the job because you love the job, you know. And yeah, no, absolutely. But so, but for, but for me, I saw that, and obviously we do a similar job, but but just in a wider context. And I'm, I was thinking at the time, right? Okay, well, no one seems to be saying let's not keep the youth service. Uh, you guys certainly weren't saying, yeah, you're right. Actually, we're not doing a very good job. Let's get rid of it. Um, why? So, who, who made the decisions on, on and particularly because. The thing is, here's the thing, I've got a problem myself, because I interviewed Pete Hutton. Do you remember Pete Hutton? Was he involved with, when he was, he must have been. Pete, Pete was involved on a level. Um, Didn't he have the youth and community portfolio at the time, wasn't he? Yeah, so Pete, Pete was involved quite heavily. Yeah. It was always very, very unclear to who was effectively dissolving yeah. everything. Know what Pete, Pete used to come to a lot of the meetings. Um, we used to speak to a lot of different people, you know, over in the chambers and the council and stuff. And we had some great times, we had some really negative times, and obviously the negative came from this. Mm. So, um, yeah, Pete, Pete was always around, he, 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 he was almost an advocate for a long time. But I think the honest truth is the powers that be. I don't think really anyone understood why hmm. things were being dissolved the way they were because we we were. They must have done. One of them got a damehood out of it, so they, they must have they must have looked at that and gone, look, can you get rid of this? Because here, here's the crack. When when he was sitting where you're sitting now, he said that he 
you know, you, you, the, the bridge centre. When he went down there as a teenager, he didn't get it. And it's almost like, well, I didn't get it, so get rid of it. He didn't have any... I don't, I don't think uh, people in that situation... It's like, what sort of crazy... Uh, uh, like, such a delicate area of society. You need a lot... Don't you think, as a youth worker, you need a lot of understanding about young people to be put in a position, as a counsellor, to be making any decisions? The big word here is empathy. Yeah. Without empathy, I quote, you will never ever be able to run, communicate or understand youth and community in its, in its grandest form. Yeah. It's as simple yeah, as yeah. that. So do you think it was a bad idea then, getting rid of the... The worst thing this country has had for many, 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 many moons is shifting a youth and community service, a professional service put together for a reason. To serve the communities mm. as well as the police forces, etc., etc. Yeah, working together, definitely. Absolutely. All these areas of the society come together, but we need buildings and spaces, right? Because here's the thing: were Riverbank involved when you were at the youth service? Remember yes. Tom and, and, and Guy? Do a brilliant thing. I, I've reason saying this is a because we've got their equipment and they're, they're hoping to run the, the riverbank from downstairs from here when they can. Tom's working with us also. So I found out loads of things that happened. And I'm quite shocked really, I think the public will be as well, because they started off as volunteers in the bridge centre. They were then kind of, you know, corralled when even though nobody wanted the bridge centre to go. And we'd said to Pete Hutton, we'd said, do not knock this building down, because we use it more than you service anyway. If you're going to, yeah, if you're going to do it, you know, we'll use it until such a time as you've got a, a new use for it and there's another youth place and or, you know, we'll keep it open, but don't either mothball it or knock it down. Didn't listen to that. I find that quite hard to understand that people haven't got any experience in youth and community aren't listening to professionals. Not a good sign. Secondly, then Riverbank set up in the, in the Olympiad. Now, I don't know if the Olympiad's owned by the council or not owned by the council. But they were set up there, they were going for about six years, really successful, building on what they did, they used a youth cafe, they did so many things, and without any buy your leave, they went from having to pay no rent to apparently having to be charged £800 a week. Now, I couldn't believe that when I heard that, so I think there needs to be an investigation to that, because surely there will be, on the accounts of the Olympiads, all the years that the Riverbank were there, a, a bit where they've said in-kind fees given to the Riverbank at the cost of £800 a week, which would, which would essentially be the Olympiad, if it's owned by the, by the Wiltshire uh, Council, giving them a quarter of a million pounds. It's the same thing. So surely that will be really transparent. Did you know that? Did you know that that's what they were doing? I had no idea at all that that was an actual thing. I had mm. no idea. Um, yeah. And that in now, this is all allegedly. I haven't seen any of these things. I've just heard from lots of different people that that's what the Olympia were going to be charging Riverbank, who were doing a public service, who had like built up. I spoke to a parent the other day. They were just saying they were so, they were so saddened when Riverbank wasn't uh, there anymore. And I said, if you hear how it came about, and there's going to be questions asked, and there's going to be questions answered by people that were in power at the time. Otherwise, they shouldn't be. They shouldn't be in power. So they shouldn't be. They shouldn't be. If, if they A, haven't got the experience working with young people or 
or potentially have even got young people, it's too hard, it's too big a jump. You've both got children and have worked with young people, well, uh, to, to be fair, ever since I've known you, mate, and you could only be about 22 now, aren't you? 22. So you've moved away from this area as far as doing your youth work. <coughs> was, was that a, uh, an emotional one because you knew so many young people and you've, you've, it, how did you feel when that was all taken away from everyone? So I left the youth service, my last official day was in October 2014. Yeah. At 10 past three. No, really, it really wasn't that time. I couldn't tell you the time or the day, but um, I, I left October 14. I would say that is the, the second biggest heartbreak of Bet. my life. Yeah, yeah. It's not good, is it? And the honest truth is, um, I had met someone at that point and she lived in Bristol and uh, I fell madly in love and moved to Bristol and that, that was it, say la vie. Um, la vie! Oh, so they said say la vie. I mean, it's not a bad, a double, that's a double whammy, isn't it? Getting a, a, someone you fall in love with and Bristol because it's not a bad place, is it? It's lovely. I, I had my heart broken and then I fell in love. Try and work that out. Yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah. Call me Charlie, call me Aaron. Like, yeah. there, there was, there was, it was a, it was a terribly strange type. Yeah. And, um, I, I couldn't physically handle or emotionally handle, um, staying in this area for too long. Yeah. I, you know, a couple of years before that, I just bought a new place. I was working in the youth service. I was also working in a school in Chippenham. Mm. Um, and, you know, things were cool, you know, being a dad, doing my thing, whatever, trying to kind of, you know, mix it all up and kind of manage everything. But it, it broke my heart when I left the youth service. It, it, it was, there was something very special about a little little market town mm. in this country. There's, there's this really individual kind of same old, but never the same kind of feel. And Up and down the whole that. country, yeah. Absolutely. We worked all over the place, I agree with you. Yeah. And they, these, these, these community, common unity, that which unifies us commonly, buildings where everyone can use. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, the Olympia, great. Everyone uses a multi-sort of place for, for sport and stuff. But to do the type of work that you're talking about and certainly the type of work that we are on Jenny Budgel's talking about, you need safe, dedicated spaces and I think that Pete Hutton and people like him haven't understood that and therefore shouldn't be shouldn't be have anything to do with decision making seriously give it up people you, you, you're not doing us any favour as a community that coupled with the, this government idea about withholding the, the ability to protest is absurd I do have a think that we should do the opposite we now know that um, keep staying at home not only does it save the national health and saves lives if we decide moving forward to and, and they try and uh, curtail, I don't know what's happening with this country. Well, I do, but and it's not it's not nice. Curtail our liberties by not just allowing us to protest. I think we should, because we're all very imaginative, have duvet days where we all agree not to buy anything, not to go outside our houses. One day leading into the next, leading into the next. Duvet weeks, duvet months, where we stop the wheels of capitalism. Do you understand what I'm saying? I'm being serious. You actually, non-participation in this ridiculous, non-democratic, uh, capitalist, failing, 
You said about you said about your mother. You said about empathy. There's no empathy. One percent, one percent to nurses after a pandemic. Are they joking me? Do you get me? Am I, am I crazy here? You're not crazy at all. Well, we're, uh, everyone who knows me and him are thinking those two wouldn't say that about each other because they're both similar. But you know what I mean? Do you know what I mean or not? I do I, know what you mean. Yeah. Um, and you just hit a nail on the big head, which is one percent. Yeah. Like. Where, where do we even get a number? But the 1%, get, the 1% of the elites make those decisions for the 1% of the, so that the nurses only get 1%. How ironic. Look at what the 1% really means. Yeah. Do you, yeah. I think we are living in extremely strange times. And I'm sure you as an audience will understand that uh, people need to uh, have more say in what's going on. And I think that actually... The democratic process across this country, across the world in fact, is actually depleted so much so that people don't feel that they can have a voice. And uh, yeah, okay, call, call me an old-fashioned youth worker, but I'm absolutely all for making things happen. And local democracy. Local yeah. democracy. You said earlier on, youth-led, negotiation, listening to what, before you said it, before you start a group. The young people get to say what they want to do, and that's really important, isn't it? Consultation yeah. with young people and that wider yeah. community is so, so, so important. Because yeah. without their say, yeah. you're always standing still. You don't know where so, you're going. Oh, yeah, we learn so much on a daily basis from young people. Every young person that's ever come to Candle Arts, if you think that we, any of us, think that we're, we're the ones with all the knowledge, we don't believe that. I learn something regularly, on a regular basis, nearly every day. I say nearly every day because obviously, because I do other things, I'm, I'm not fortunate enough to have to work alongside or be able to work alongside other people because I'm doing different stuff. But on a, you know, you've, you've done so many different projects. Out of the mouths of babes, they say. All those great life lessons that allow you to refocus or reimagine how the world can be with somebody that is living in the moment and has hopefully, the, the ability and the optimism to take us positively into the future. We never at a point in our history, it's bizarre that you've come back, that we've just met each other, haven't we? Yeah. Walking, you, you, you walking through Emery Gate the other week, I'm going, wow, that's interesting, because A, great to catch up, brilliant to hear what you're doing, and just so everyone knows, we're going to go across when it all opens up again to Bristol and, and follow this thing through. I want to see what that is, mate. It sounds amazing. The mobile is a fantastic, fantastic thing all in all. It, yeah. it is the difference between having nothing to having it all. Yeah, yeah. You know, the work that we've done with young people across Bristol so far and in Bath area, it's been fun. It's just been So great. can we put a link on this video to now? Yeah. Is there any videos that, have they got a website and stuff like that? Absolutely, so. Right, we'll do that, we'll do that. So you give Julius here the link, yeah? People can look at it now, but we're gonna do a follow-up. I, I wanna do a brilliant follow-up for me to, to, there's a really inspirational person called, I better not say her name just yet, because uh, it will be, um, can I say Amy Kington? Okay, said it, Amy Kington. If you don't know, if, you, if you're in Bristol, you don't know who Amy Kington is, you probably ain't from Bristol. No uh, absolutely, totally inspired by that human being. She's absolutely amazing. I'm going to keep going on about her and, and the organisation that she represents, but have a look when you see that. Your, your organisation, sir, you're a legend. We're going to put it on now. Anything else you want to say before we get this man to rush this out? Hot off the press. Look at what the Parliament are trying to do to us, people. Stand up for your right. 
not to party, but to parlay, to talk, to speak. Give a voice to the voiceless. Give well, a voice to the voiceless. But I will say though, please do party eventually when the time yeah. when the time comes. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But well, you won't be able to do anything. If, if this thing goes through tonight, we will not be able to protest. Although, trust, I definitely think we will eventually win through. The old ways are no longer going to work. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for this. Thank you, Shay. Shay Stew, everybody. Check out any young people that uh, see this across the board or any companies that would like to hire out the mobile. Please get in touch. Um, Shay SS at youngbristol.com um, or in fact get onto the website Young Bristol um, and yeah come, come, come and holler at me we provide a mobile service that is an amazing thing we can produce community, youth and community work on its grandest scale and we can go anywhere thank Wicked. you you're a pledge thank you very much thank you for you.